0: Welcome to Signs of Life, exploring survival of consciousness, brought to you by Forever Family Foundation, on the web at foreverfamilyfoundation.org.
1: I call your name, the echo is haunting haunting and echo can never be changed, so I call your name,
2: your name. And welcome to The Gathering on Signs of Life Radio. I'm Bob Ginsberg and I'm joined by Tom and Melissa Gould and we're your hosts for this evening. As you know, The Gathering is our show where we kick around uh, some various topics, and we answer your questions. Many of you send us uh, your questions via email, uh, and we have those. Uh, But we would also love to hear from you live on the show. And if you want to join in and discuss something, ask a question, the number is 888-627-6008. Uh, not much to talk about in terms of announcements, except that our holidays past raffle where you can win a reading with one of five different certified, uh, mediums. Um, that's going on. I think there's about two weeks left in that raffle. So, um, it's five hours a chance. You can log on to, uh, that event page via our website and take part in it. So let's jump to, um, our, f- First question, um, and then we we'll, we'll, we'll read uh, you know a, a uh, email and then we'll go to a live call. Um, this question was how how is time experienced in the afterlife? Well, it's a good question, you know I mean uh, we can't know for sure. Uh, we surmise that time is nothing like time is in the physical world you know, in the physical world, everything is linear, you know, the past, the present and the future. And where they are, uh, it's very likely that um, there are such, you know, everything's mixed together. There are no restrictions. You can be in multiple places at once. Uh, um, You can experience the past and and the future (laughs) and the present. And uh, at least that's what we've read. By the way, that's not all that Far off from what a lot of physicists tell us today, you know, even with our known, you know, physical laws. So um, I don't think um, it's a situation like we do here. What are we going to do tomorrow? What are we yesterday? It just happens, and you just experience. You guys on board with that?
3: Yeah, that's what I've heard. uh, You know, that here in the physical world, time is a linear thing, and apparently uh, in on the other side, time, everything happens at the same time, as you were saying before. You can be in many different places. Uh, time is, uh, uh, I've heard time and money don't exist in the afterlife.
1: It's still such an it, hard concept, though, to grasp. You know, like, uh, uh, what happened first? What's happening next? You mean, it doesn't, that's not even a factor.
3: No, it's everything, just, everything's in the moment as uh Descartes Tolle would okay. have that you want to live in the moment, because that's all you've got.
1: Well, that and, is the mantra I use when I meditate in this moment, I am at peace. So let's hope all the moments on the other side are peaceful ones, too.
2: So maybe when you're meditating, you're experiencing the next world.
3: Right, I think so. I think well, that's that is the uh, the key then that uh, and the value of meditation because it does put your uh, your spiritual self in alignment. Uh, Whereas in our regular in day to day life, we've got our conscious mind sublimates the spiritual and we're 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 worried about time and we're worried about money and we're worried about where we're going next the future or what we did in the past and all of these things uh are basically meaningless and if you if you meditate then you you do away with that what they they call the monkey brain that's chattering in your head and 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 trying to get you into the flow of the universe.
1: And and another point to that because I know I spoke about this at Our last grief retreat is that when you meditate, even if it's just a few minutes every day, you are going within yourself more into that spiritual connection. And what I think makes sense, then if we're going within ourselves to the spirit that we are, which would also be the spirit that we incarnated in, it's the same spirit that was with our loved ones who are in spirit, so it brings yes. us closer to our loved
2: ones. Now, let's let's take a, a live call. Let's go to uh, Sandy from Arizona. Hi, Sandy. Hello. Hi. 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 Welcome to the show. You're on uh, the gathering, and did you have a question oh, or something you. you'd like to discuss?
4: Yes, um, I experienced a soul voice call from my late husband. I, my question is, is, will I ever receive anything like that again? Is that something that can be deciphered um, besides me, uh, my, my relatives, and people that I, even that I've reached out to another uh, medium psychic, uh, he calls himself, very, very awesome gentleman told me that he didn't quite understand what was being said, but I did. And I just want to know your thoughts on it.
2: Well, my soul voice, you're talking about you captured a, a, a voice recording, right? A, I electronic did. Voice phenomena, Yeah. So, um, I mean, you're not alone. And, and many people do this. And many people do this on a on a regular basis, you know, they make a a a habit of it they set aside a a certain time uh, of the day that they do it or certain days of the week and you know they they set an intention uh, requesting their loved one come through and they turn on the recorder for 20 or 30 seconds and then they play it back Uh, you know it it, you you were lucky I mean sometimes it takes people um, months or years before they get a recording and sometimes people get recordings on a on a regular basis you know so the key thing is you played that recording you know friends i mean you evidently were able to understand it you know clearly um and maybe some other people don't um so you know that's the thing about these electronic voice phenomena you know recordings is that some of them are, are crystal clear and some of them you know are not and sometimes it takes a trained ear but i think you were on the right track when you you played it for other people uh and of course if everybody heard the same thing you did then, you know, it's kind of definitive. But uh, if not, uh, I I guess just to answer your question, yes, you can expect more, and the more you keep doing it, the more you're going to get, I mean, you know, the your loved one wants to communicate with you. So I would encourage you to, you know, to keep at it, what it's a great way uh, for them to provide proof to you that they still exist. Yeah, can
4: I I ask you another question? Sure. You said that I um, made it possible. I had no idea that it was going to happen. I had just lost him. And literally a month later, I'm calling a creditor to try to figure out what was going on in our lives, what I was going to do. And all of a sudden, when I dialed that creditor's number, he came on. And I knew immediately that it was him. It was a winner. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I understand. I understand your question because, you know, I mentioned setting your attention, but... You know, that, that's if you want to try to facilitate it, but these things happen, most of them happen the way that you describe it. It's spontaneous, you know, uh, uh, all of a sudden something comes on your phone or comes on your computer or on your telephone, you know, answering device or or whatever when you're, when you're least expecting it. So, um, sometimes the, the voices come through in recordings of, of medium reading. So you don't necessarily, if, 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 if he wants to get through to you, he'll find a way to get through to you, whether you request it or not. You know, so it's not unusual.
3: Well, I think what Bob was Thank referring you. to, the part of your question is that will that happen again? And there's certainly no guarantees uh, because it's, it's just as it's difficult for us on our side to raise our vibrations to get to a place where are communicating, the spirit has to lower their vibration to be able to communicate with us, and that, uh, i it seems, is not as easy as you would hope. Uh, but uh, if you want it to happen again, uh, as Bob says, set out the in, intention, uh, speak to, because you know, you can communicate with your loved ones better than they can with you by just talking about them and, and, and calling out to them and, and saying, look, I'm going to, let's try this i'm going to set up a recorder or whatever and 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 can you can you tell me something can you can you make an imprint so that's that's what he means by setting the intention to try to have it happen again
1: and sandy i have to chime in here because i had a similar experience unexpected wasn't planned but it was my dad's voice left on our phone answering machine at the tail end of a call my daughter had placed here. And I have to tell you, it only happened the one time and thinking back now, it had to have been about nine years ago, but Tom was able to put it on. My car's old, has a CD player in it. Tom was able to put this message on a CD and every day when I start my car up, that's the first thing I listen to. I hear my dad's voice. And I just thank him for it. And I, so I, I have not had a repeat experience. However, I don't think I've actually asked for one. I think I was so just touched to get this one. I didn't ask for another one, so it couldn't hurt to ask. Okay. Well,
2: well thank thanks. You. Thanks for calling Sandy. I hope you get more messages.
4: I hope so too. Thank you guys so much for everything right. that you do. It's helping me greatly. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
1: Take,
2: Take care, Sandy. Okay, next question we have here. Um, how does learning work for discarnates? They have access to so much knowledge in their realm, yet one hears that they learn from things that we in the physical realm do. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily um, hear that you know they learn from things that we do in the physical realm. I think that while we're in the physical realm you know where we're learning and we take you know maybe those lessons if you want to call it with us to the other side you know as far as having access to so much knowledge it's said that they do and and how do they learn um and how did they they work well you know the only thing we have to go by are these you know channeled reports that were channeled mostly you know a century ago uh through uh very credible uh, mediums and and you know they report that you know some of the reports that you know first of all we have to understand that they, they we're not talking about physical things physical things are manifested through thought so if they want to learn in a library they could manifest the library if they want if they want to you know, attend the university they manifest you know the university and so learning is it, it's hard to think describing in physical terms but um i think that you're right that you know because you know, listen to near-death experiences and and they tell you that while they were in the afterlife realm they had access to so much knowledge they talk about it it's as if um They were transfused with all this knowledge, you know, into their very fiber. And sometimes they take and retain a lot of the knowledge that was downloaded to them in the afterlife realm. So um, I think that um, there is unlimited possibilities over there for learning, but, but we have free will there like we have here. So that's up to the person in spirit, right? Wouldn't you say so, guys? Yeah, that makes
1: me think of the testimony of light again. Mm-hmm. that the book we often mention, testimony of light by helen greaves she spoke about having teachers people who were helpers to help others learn and and part of the learning may come from that uh, life review that they have right at the time of death where mm-hmm. they see the error of their ways
3: yeah and i uh, i read a book by uh, ron moody it ron? On, on, uh,
1: dr raymond moody raymond
3: moody i'm sorry uh and he studied a lot with uh, near-death experiences and what he found uh, that a, a majority of people who have experienced a near-death experience when they come back one of the things they they seem to be hungry for is learning for knowledge they they go back to school they they start to st- a, a field of study is that that you know people uh, come back saying you know I wish I had learned more in my life so learning is apparently uh an ongoing uh experience here yeah. and there
2: I, I think you're right um and and a lot of people have this um conception that once we pass over we're instantly going to become um you know know everything and be you know all knowing and you know sort of godlike you know and um and and The reports—that's not the way it is. You know, we when we pass over, we're we're much like we were here initially. You know, and that's
3: a lot of people who cross over don't even realize they've crossed over because they don't feel any different.
2: Right. So it's a continuing process, you know, of learning and, and 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 adjusting, and you know, and so forth. um You know, we have a question that says, you know, where is the afterlife dimension that our souls go to and and exist? In relative to our own dimension you know and then right. of course yeah. yeah we you know we're, we're talking you know planes of existence and we we have a tendency here when we think of the afterlife what do we do we we look up right you know wow. like we're, like we look up to the heavens but if we're talking about dimensions you know that they're planes of existence so um, as we've you know talked about before, you know the neck, the other dimension could be right in front of our faces. You know that other world is taking place, you know right in front of us. You know, but you know it, we think of it as, as so so far away. But you know this is a kind of you know a concept uh, that physics addresses. But um, I don't think that you know it's directional. They're up there or the here or down there. It's just we go we step through one door and out the other, right?
3: Yeah. And as we've seen in readings, a lot of mediums will say, there's somebody standing right behind you. And that's that. Or if you, you know, all of a sudden you feel a a chill or a wind or something and there's, and you're inside and there's no no breeze coming through and yet you feel something uh, that's, that's them uh, making contact. And uh, yeah. So as, as we said, the, they're living on the same earth as we are, only they have a vibration that's higher that we can't see or communicate with. And they also have the ability I, that I got from a reading from my dad is, hey, if you want to go to Mars, boom, you go to Mars. You know, or if you want to go to the 17th century and, and look at something back there, you do that. Uh, so they're not necessarily right with this all the time for us but uh, they have the ability to be right with us or the ability to be a lot of places.
2: Right. Now let's take another uh, phone call. We have uh, Kathy from North Carolina. Hello, Kathy.
0: Hi. Thanks for Hi. taking my call.
2: Yeah. Welcome um, to the
0: show. Thank you. I um, had to make the choice a about two years to take my mother off life support, and um, I I feel so guilty for it, and I'm not sure whether my mother forgives me for it, or if she uh, is okay with it. How can I find out?
2: Well, I mean... I mean, your mom, your mom may come through in a medium reading, um, and that's one of the things that they talk about. You know, when they feel that somebody has guilt. Uh, my personal belief um, is that your mother mother saw what you did as a blessing, um, and that you know souls know when their earthly time is up, and when it's time for them to to go to the next world, it's time. Um, and you know, you know, physical suffering. Um, in my opinion, you know, at a certain point, um, there, there is no point to it. You know, we're, we're taught to believe that we have to extend our physical life at all costs and, and suffer and, and do whatever we can to extend the time, you know, when there's really no quality of life. So, I mean, I think of what you did, and, and, and I totally understand that it's a horrible decision to have to make and, and, and the terrible guilt that comes along with it. Um, but it's the opposite the way I see it. You know, what, what you did was was brave, necessary, and was a blessing for your mom. Just I agree.
1: I agree. I hope my children will make that decision for me if the time ever comes. I really do. Well,
3: you don't have to because you have a living will. Uh, <laughs> then uh, I, I, I have made wills for people, and I always insist on, including a living will in there because of an issue I had when my father uh, passed he had a massive stroke and uh, but he was still alive. and my brother who is a doctor, um, you know, the family gathered around and we my brother could not deny when he saw the uh, the scan that the doctor showed us of, of his brain. it was yeah. it was gone pretty much. And he was never going to ever talk to us again or, or, you know, be a, a functional being. And yet my brother as a doctor. Hippocratic oath is, well, you can't pull the plug. I mean, you, a doctor has to keep people alive. And, uh, fortunately, he had a living will that it was his wishes not to be kept uh, alive by uh artificial means and uh and I do not resuscitate kind of thing and and when my brothers the doctor saw that he could not argue it and then he agreed and we we took him off the life support and uh and what Bob said before and the argument that I had with my brother is you know what is you know why keep him alive and and the the phrase quality of life came up And I said, Well, there's no quality in this life. You know, he's on a bed, he's got the tubes coming in and out. He, you know, he can't, he doesn't even know anybody's there. Is that a quality of life? And, and we decided no, and, uh, and then took him off life support. And I, I'm with Bob, I think it was uh, uh, a blessing that we did. And not only that, in a mediumship reading came he came back and thanked us for that
1: yeah yeah
3: so uh, i i really don't think you should feel at all guilty because what you did was was give uh give your it was your mother your yeah a release to to her spiritual world where now she's unencumbered there's no pain there's no uh uh infirmity anymore
0: right well, I did find her living will after she passed about maybe three months later, and it said exactly that, too, that she didn't want to be on life support. And that was a relief, but <laughs> my mom said um, about a week before she passed, I didn't know what she was talking about. Maybe she had a premonition that she was going to die. She said, I wish I could have two more months with you and I uh-huh. said mom I said yeah the doctor said that you know you probably were gonna because she had small cell carcinoma in the lungs you're probably gonna live for another eight to uh 15 months you know we, we have time but we didn't have time and I think she knew that and I don't know sometimes my mom was kind of wishy-washy you know like uh, I I can just hear her in my ear but Kathy, you should have let me stay for a little bit. I don't know. I think I need to talk to a medium.
3: Yes, um, I, yes. I agree. That's a good way to go. I think
1: so.
2: Yeah, and don't forget. I mean, you, she's. Can you recommend one? Well, if you, if you go to the certified medium list on our website you can you know see one that resonates with you but um yeah i mean i think your mother said that out of love i mean she loved you and you know we want to spend as much time as we can with our loved ones but only when it makes sense you know when we're not in pain and we're not suffering and, and so forth so um i'm sure that the that love bond that you had um still continues it's just in a different form so I, so. I, I hope that I hope that she does come through in, in a reading uh, with the medium. Uh, it's very likely that she would. Hope so, uh, well, thank well, you. Sorry if you watching. Awesome. I did Thanks have
0: one great. dream. Yeah. I have a question to ask you. Yeah. Can I ask you uh, one more? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess it was it was about um oh maybe a month or two after she passed, and I just I couldn't even sleep because I was so wrought with guilt and pain and sorrow. And uh, I had a really vivid dream. It was so strange where she appeared in in darkness. There was nothing else around. And she said just very simply, Kathy, I'm not mad at you. Uh And I wanted, I started to ask her another question. And then she just like fell back like an inanimate object object and um that was that but i felt like oh my god i think that was mom yeah Um, i'd never
2: never dream like that that you 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 got your answer right there yeah i mean she came to you in, in a dream visitation and she answered your question she knew that you were feeling guilty and she told you not to so that you know that was a visitation and that was a blessing so you should take that to heart
3: yeah, that's, that's better that than a medium reading.
1: Oh, but I have to give you an inside tip, Kathy. If if you can't get through to one of the mediums, come to one of our grief retreats. And then you'll, uh, oh. you'll get confirmation.
0: Yeah. Well. Okay, is that on your website?
3: Yeah, that's all. Yeah, everything is on the website. In fact, there's there's even a raffle now that we're running to a holiday, uh, a holiday raffle that you could win a, a reading.
1: So, if mom wants you to win okay.
0: that, if she's yeah. in a
1: gambling, right. she might Yeah,
0: <laughs> well, yeah th- I, I had never heard of you before. And uh, I subscribed to Goop, and there was a um, an email, and uh, there was a headline about the family first thing. And so, I looked in it, and I thought, oh, my God, this I need to talk to these people. So, yeah. uh, I'm going to listen to you regularly and um, check that okay. out. Yeah, And I if did do that raffle.
2: Oh good. Good.
1: Yes. good. Best of luck with that. Yeah, good luck.
2: Yeah, if you if you want to Thanks. learn more about the grief retreats, you could watch that uh, surviving death series on Netflix. Uh, they had they featured one of our retreats on there. But uh, okay. th- thank you, Kathy, for for calling. Be well. Have a good day. Thank holiday. you so much. Thank All you. Right. you, you too. Thank too. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Let's see, let's go to another question here. Um, I guess a lot of people can relate to this question. She said, I I hope to believe there's an afterlife and I'm reading and researching lots of items and books, but there is a nagging slight doubt. And I'm wondering how you could reassure me that there is 100% proof. There there we go. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, I I think, you you know, you have to get to that knowing stage. It's a personal proof. I mean, there's no 100% proof. Well, um, look at it this way. I mean, even as Tom can attest to i in, in law, you have to prove things beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, and if you examine all of the evidence, you know, that points to life after death, um, you know, I think it, it eliminates, you know, uh, you know, reasonable doubt. You know, so you, you could call that, you know, per- proof in a sense. But, you know, maybe one day um, there will be, you know, 100 percent you know, proof that we could point to and communicate with our loved ones, you know, directly whenever we want and so forth. But the best we're going to do now is build a foundation that you can fall back on, you know, learn about, you know, mediumship and near-death experiences and deathbed visions, reincarnation, and all these things that we talk about um, and uh, build upon that until you get to the point where you know in your heart, you know, that there is, you know, life after that.
3: There's another tool that we recommend also, because often you'll like, you'll have the dream and you'll think, well, was that, or wasn't it? You'll still have a little doubt or you'll see, uh, you'll be thinking about them and you'll start up your car and their favorite song comes on the radio and you go, wow, that's a coincidence. Or is it? And you, every, every instant, you know, Nobody gets the the full, well, not nobody, but rarely will you get a full, this is definitely them standing in front of me. So you get these little hints. And what we recommend is that you keep a journal. And every time you see something like that, the song in the radio, the feather in, in your path, the penny that you find in an odd place, the dream visit, all of these things, if you write them down, after a time, especially times when you start to really doubt this, you pick up the journal and you, when you see, wow, there was this, there was this, there was this, and you start to pile them up and you, you think, wow, how can it be anything else? So, uh, yeah. you know, think of that.
2: Okay. Um, let's see. Barbara would like to know um, if our loved ones in spirit hear us every time we talk to them also, um, I was wondering if their personalities remain the same as on Earth, um, and, and I would say that um, they pay attention and they're aware of what we're doing. But no, I don't think that they listen to um, everything that we say or, or do. I mean, frankly, we're just not that interesting. To, you know, they have a lot, lot of a lot of things that they that they could do on their own. But I think when we really need them, and um, you know that that they're there, as far as uh, wondering if their personalities remain. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what survives, you know, is, is human personality. So, um, and if you notice, if you've ever been to a medium, very often the mediums will take on, um, the personality of the person that they're being through it could be a voice inflection. It could be a facial expression, but they get a sense of that personality, uh, which is really interesting, you know, when it happens. And I mean, uh, f uh fw myers who, who was one of the fathers of this you know uh parapsychology uh you know his book was was about the survival of human personality even 100 years ago you know that, that that's what they were talking about so that yes so you know that now having said that um their personality may change over time when they have a different perspective, you know, when they, th- you know, they, they become, they might become uh, different, you know, people, so to speak, and cause, cause they have a lot more knowledge than we have here. But certainly, personalities do remain and they do make themselves evident, as we said, through, through readings.
1: You know, I want to add there too, Bob. I think I've never heard, and we've heard this come through a lot in the group readings, overhearing the medium read other people i I don't think it's happened for tom or i'm not sure other than some aspects of the personality certainly i have been told are there but i've never heard like if somebody had a very bold personality or wow you know he was very outspoken wasn't he i've never heard a gentle person turn more boisterous when they like in readings Tom's mother, gentlewoman, gentle woman, would step aside to allow somebody else to come through. So I think saying that the personality stays intact may concern some people who didn't particularly care for someone in their lives who has passed on and might even be fearful of running into them again on the other side. But I think that's what we've learned Things change for those people. They mend their ways. They're probably apologetic if they were just too much for some people. So I, it should be—it should never be something to be feared. But it—it's it, um, the mediums would use that as an as an identifier because, for example, Tom's mom. If you were to have identified her as being outspoken or something. Well, no, that's not her. And, you know, but it would be an identifying mark for somebody else.
3: Yeah. And I've, I've seen, been in many situations watching group readings and the medium brings, oh, and I've got the, your uncle here or, or your father. And the, and the immediately the person goes, I don't want to hear from that guy. He was a abusive, you know, terror in my life and they don't even they won't want to hear it but 9 times out of 10 that person is coming through in a reading to apologize for being an abusive person so yes there is as we talked earlier about learning on the other side yeah you're learning how not to be a, a schmo <laughs>
2: right <laughs> exactly uh let's see we have um a question here from from jim yes you know what do you think is currently the best scientific source of information or research on the afterlife and do you think scientific opinions of what the afterlife truly is have changed much over the years um no they haven't changed much over the years you know they probably haven't changed much you know for quite quite a number of years um you know i don't know many people probably don't know but uh Bill Bigelow, who is a very rich person, runs a a space program. You know, I think he made his his fortune in real estate, you know, or hotels. But, you know, he many, many years ago, he took up uh, an interest in the afterlife. And more recently, he ran a essay contest. I think there was something like 275 entries. Uh, And he wanted to, you know, the winning essay – uh, there was a million and a half dollars in prizes, you know, or a million dollars in prizes. And then the the, the first place was actually a five hundred thousand uh, dollar award, and it's not a grant; it's just yeah. a prize. Um, and they, uh, what I thought he was looking for was was really, um, you know, cutting edge, you know, proof, you know, that the, of an afterlife or stuff that pointed to it. Um, I, I, but as it turned out, when I started to read through all the essays, Uh, Even though many of them were were very, very well done, they all were a repeat of the prior research, you know, just an uh, an overview on what they thought was offered the stronger evidence. So my point was there was nothing really new to talk about, but we, we keep talking about the things that we have learned. You know, maybe in the future we're going to learn a lot more and we'll be writing about those, but it's an example of, uh, you know, I mean, there, there's some stuff that's going on now. I mean, we're, we're brain mapping and we're studying consciousness the way we've never, you know, examined it before that we still haven't determined what consciousness is, you know, but, but eventually I think maybe not in our lifetimes, but eventually I think we'll make great strides in, in, in providing those answers, but I don't think there's anything tremendously shocking or, or, or new that, that's happening today. And a part of that is because there's not a lot of funding going on, you know, to study consciousness and things of, of
3: that nature. Yeah, I think that's the, you know, when you science as a whole or as a community, it, it's, it's a political body. And if you're going to come in with obscure uh, or, you know, left out of left field ideas, you're going to be shut down. So yeah, as a community, science is not training, but that's not to say that there aren't serious scientists who are studying this. We've got some, uh, you know, involved with the foundation. Claude Swanson's a physicist who's written books about what he's discovered. Uh, Jim Tucker, who talks about uh, uh, reincarnation, uh, you know, there's a, a number of, of Learned individuals who are actively studying this, the University of uh, Arizona had a uh, uh, an actual laboratory where they studied mediumship. Uh, the University of uh, uh, Virginia in Charlottesville is another one where where there is active study so it's there are pockets of uh, scientists who are you know curious and trying to find out I mean Science is all about not studying what you know, but trying to understand what you don't know. And and there are a number of, of scientists with books. Uh, and again, before we when somebody was asking about a medium, the Forever Family Foundation website has a list of mediums. But it also connects you with with authors and scientists who are uh, doing fascinating work with, with study. So, uh, uh, there are books that you can read out there and, and more coming.
1: Well, and and since we don't know, let's just live our lives like it's true. A noble and honest life. Don't take any chances.
2: Hey, um, I won't get into great detail with this, but Rosa wanted to know after death, do I have to come back to earth if I don't want to? <laughs> uh, and and um, I would say to Rosa, uh, no, you don't have to come back. You know, you're, you you have free will. Some people decide to come back. And some people um, decide that they don't want to come back. Now, you may not want to come back now, from, you know, now that you're living in the physical world, perhaps you might change your mind, you know, when you're on the other side, and you see that you may want to, you know, uh, learn some more stuff that you missed upon missed out here. But uh, from everything that we can tell, not everybody does reincarnate, maybe some people have other opinions on that i I believe that not everybody comes back.
1: Yeah, what do you
3: think yeah I, I, I lean towards that as well. Again, we don't know the definitive answer, but i i I feel that Bob's hit it on the head with that one.
1: I wonder if when you when you are on the other side and you already think you don't want to go back, but then you're faced with um choices. On the other side, it's like, well, I don't know if I really want to do that. Maybe I will go back. Right. <laughs> I'll learn my lessons back in in human form and uh, get it right, and then come back. over.
2: This, 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 this question is um, w- worth some discussion. Um, you know, Mary writes that her boyfriend, you know, had passed away uh, unexpectedly. Um, he had suffered multiple tragedies and losses in his life, and as a result, stopped believing in God after his passing. Uh, I joined a church that I like very much, but they teach that in order to get into heaven, you must believe in god um, and hearing this has been devastating to me i can 't bear the thought of my boyfriend not you know going to allowed in in heaven, so her question is, do people who don 't believe in God? Or those who stop believing God get into heaven. Um so God and the afterlife don't necessarily go together. You know, I mean the afterlife is the afterlife. It's another dimension, you know, where our consciousness or our mind or our soul goes after physical death. I think that we decide what um Level or sphere, or you know what kind of people we want to hang out with over there. you know, we don't think that there's a a being or a panel of judges that say you go here or you go there. I don't think there are these specific rules attached to our placement um, in the afterlife, and we always talk about self judgment, which is what the near death experiences talk about. you know they they undergo, as Tom mentioned this life review, and they get to relive. Their life and and uh, they 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 feel all that joy that they, and happiness that they gave to others and they feel all the crap that they inflicted upon other people, um, and so they they sort of place themselves you know where where they should be. So I I don't think that Mary that you should worry about uh, your uh, beloved boyfriend. Um, um, not being allowed someplace he's going to go where he needs to be regardless of, of his beliefs you you agree with that
3: yeah i mean there's also talk uh, they're there with their dogs and their cats and and uh, their pets and certainly they're not beings that believe in in god so and yet <laughs> they're welcomed into the uh the afterlife as right alongside a human so it's i i think you Know, uh, it's more of yeah, I, I, I just agree that you don't have to believe to get through.
1: And also, is does that go along with people just say if you don't believe in a heaven or hell, but somebody does and the pearly gates, whatever your beliefs are, that's you know, that is where you'll go if you if that's what you're in envi- what you envision the other side to be like? I think it's what you are how you see it is where you will go.
3: Right. As your thoughts
1: create your reality. As
3: Bob says, that's the, we get that evidence from people in the near death experience who have been clinically dead and then brought back to life uh, in an operating room or or somewhere. And they, uh, they talk about, well, if there are religious people, they say, well, I I met Jesus and I I sat and talked with Jesus and that, and other people would say, well, I, I saw my father. Uh, or I saw my my best friend who uh, had died. It's more that, as Bob says, or I think Melissa does, you create what it is that you expect, and that's what you'll find. It's it's all about the the nice thing about what we've understood is that the uh, after you die, there's a great great feeling of love. And uh, acceptance, and the it seems that spirit world wants you to be a loving creature because I, I guess the, the the power of the universe is love, and they want loving creatures. I mean that every religion that you might want to be a part of, love thy neighbor. You know, you know that's that's the tenant. and so. Uh, you will be met with a loving presence. And if that loving presence to you is Jesus or Mohammed, then that's what you'll see. Or if you know your or
1: mom or your grandma or
3: if you don't believe in any of the deities, yeah, your 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 mother, your father, your grandparents, they will be the loving uh, beings that you, you and your, meet. Your dog. And your dog, yes. <laughs> All
2: right we have let's see we have a question do mediums ever contact people who lived hundreds of years ago or are the contacts primarily people who knew the sitter's personally i wonder if those living long ago have moved on to another state of existence um yeah i mean you're right mediums never uh bring through people who lived hundreds of years ago i mean there's probably a good reason for that a uh, w- one reason may be, as you su- you suggest, that um, they have moved on, you know, to higher levels and of higher frequency or higher dimensions, where. They no longer feel feel the need to communicate with loved ones in the physical world because all those loved ones are gone from the physical world. You know, so their communication takes place, you know, beyond the physical. So that's one explanation. Plus the fact if if the medium is bringing through an ancestor of mine that lived 200 years ago, I would know nothing about that ancestor. So I couldn't verify, you know, any information. So, I mean, I think that's true. People who lived hundreds of years ago, they may be uh, communicating with each other, but not in in physical ways, you know, that, that we can understand. Yeah.
1: I know exactly. that would be kind of odd if a medium did, uh, you know, was insistent. No, this is your relative. If you can't prove it, we always yeah. look for the evidence, and there that wouldn't be evidential.
2: You know, um, uh, along those lines, there was a question um, about, you know, let's say we go back, you know, 50,000 years ago, when there were, you know, Neanderthals, you know, so basically the question was, um, did the uh, Neanderthals uh, reincarnate, and did they reincarnate, you know, into Homo sapiens, you know? So. <laughs>
3: um, so <laughs> I'd probably say you know what? That. I probably mean,
2: there's no reason to believe that Neanderthals didn't reincarnate, um, you know, because they're, they're conscious, they were conscious beings. So, you know, if your consciousness survived, so, you know, your soul survived, so your soul would reincarnate. I guess if they were reincarnating, they would reincarnate back into another uh, Neanderthal because just in logical terms, reincarnation usually takes place in a relatively short period of time so that they're, they're not going to wait 20 30,000 years to reincarnate into a homo sapien you know because that's not just not the way it seems to happen so um but yeah why not you know i mean i i, I think that they would reincarnate um as I, well as but- other conscious entities you know
1: yeah, ne- never mind what I was going to say. It was, uh, it was it was it f- was a foolish response.
3: <laughs> and I don't necessarily have to reincarnate as a human either. Uh, but I've read books of, uh, I think it was the Billy Fingers book, uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, about a woman whose brother died, and and then she had lots of communication with him, and she wrote a book about it. And uh, I think at one point he says, you know, I might come back as a tree. Just hang out in the
1: forest, and I've been told my folks are the squirrels in my backyard. <laughs> so I'm very nice to them.
3: <laughs> yeah, it
2: seems like we we got a uh, we, you know a lot of questions about people hearing you know voices. You know, another you know example from a, uh, a this person you know said that she saw the recording function on on her phone. Um, had the uh, the voice of of her son on it, you know, and, and, and a simple word, you know, "mama," and she played it back, and she played it back for other people, you know, when they heard it too. Um, evident, you know, she's not really familiar with electronic voice phenomena, she was asking, um, if there's any, you know, logical explanation, you know, to this, and I don't know what the the actual the mechanism is that allows them to do it. Uh, but yes, um, it exists and, 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 there are organizations that you can, um, and books that you can read all about what you experienced. There's an organization called a C and, uh, you can look them up on on the internet and they, they study electronic voice phenomena. There are books, uh, uh Cal Cooper, uh, edited and, and put out a book called, you know, phone calls from the dead, you know, uh, you look him up, he's a researcher on our board. So it's a real phenomena. And uh yeah, it's not your imagination, especially when your friends hear the same thing that that you heard. Um, it was an, an interesting question. It's you know, do mediums ever question themselves, you know, regarding if they're truly speaking to the dead? You know, what it, it is an interesting question because. I've heard in conversations that I've had with mediums that they have said that sometimes they question themselves, and i i always I always thought that was odd, you know, because they that's their profession they're you know they're commuting communicating with the dead and how could they? But you know, mediums don't understand how this could possibly happen any more than we do. You know, it just happens. You know, and 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 most of the mediums have absolutely. Uh, no question, you know. Uh, but there are some, especially the more inexperienced ones, ones that sometimes question whether it's their own imagination that's, you know, making this up versus true. I mean, of course, we have a way of identifying that, you know, because you know, based upon evaluating the evidence. You know, you're not, if you if you're bringing through evidence that can be verified, it uh, kind of uh, refutes the argument that it's your imagination. It can't be, but. Yeah, you know, we know that for every really good evidential medium, there are eight of them that are not. Or, you know that are inexperienced, so they they might question themselves. But I don't think the better mediums ever question themselves. Do you?
3: I don't know. It's uh, but I have seen like uh, for example, uh, I mean mediums. It's they're getting symbols, like I say, the signs. They're getting signs that they recognize. And uh, and they they come in forms of just an image or, or something like that. Uh, rarely is it a conversation. So they'll say something like, "Why is he showing me a fishing pole?" And then the person in the thing goes, "Well, he was a champion fisherman, and we you know had fished together all the time." And I've seen the mediums go, really? Wow. You know, so they get it. They get as wowed as, as we do when something that evidential comes through. That's
1: right. Remember when our medium, our certified medium Angelina did told that story where she was bringing through what she thought was a wood carver. And she kept describing this man whittling and the woman, the, the, the sitter wasn't, Relating to this at all, but Angelina was stuck on it. She goes, "Well, let me just show you what he's showing me." And she's going like this with, you know, what would be like a, a stick or a piece of wood, and and motions to the end. And the woman goes, "He was a pool player. That's exactly how he chalked up his pool cue." So Angelina didn't even know what she was getting, but she brought through the evidence that this yeah. woman quickly identified.
2: Yeah. And and there's an example how how much interpretation uh, plays into the process of mediumship. You know, the two mediums might be receiving the same image, but interpret it differently. So one medium would appear to be wrong and the other medium would be right. Uh, whereas, they, you know, they were both getting communication from from spirit. But you have to be skilled in translating, you know, the spirit language into you know, our language, which is not not easy.
1: Maybe that's advice to a sitter, if you're in that situation, to say to the medium, well, what exactly are you seeing? Because the medium's all about their signs. You know, if the medium said, well, I'm seeing red roses, you, that's the medium symbol for something. But in this case, you know, it, it made sense to the sitter. Yeah, and then
3: mediums have to learn as do all of us, really. I mean, in music, it's the same way, that you have to get out of your own way. You have to let what's coming through come through, and don't try to grab it and, and interpret it, and then give it to the sitter. You have to just let it come through, and that's not easy for uh, for people in a situation where people are looking up to them for messages.
2: Yeah, and and then when when mediums go for training, you know, they're, they're taught to um, just give it like they get it, you know. So you you just tell the sitter. Um, what it is that you're getting and let the sitter do the interpretation versus you doing the interpretation, you know, because the sitter will understand. It may seem absurd to you as the medium because you're saying something obscure, but that, that obscure thing could be very, very significant and meaningful, you know, to the, to the sitter. Uh, I I think, unfortunately we've reached the end of the show. I mean, we'll get to more, of course, the next show, there is some that we didn't get to if uh, if we didn't get to your question, We'll get to them next time, and keep those questions coming. You could always send an email to radio at foreverfamilyfoundation.org. Thank you for being with us tonight, and now it's time to say.
1: Our loved ones are only a heartbeat away.
2: And science is going to prove it. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.